Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They take care of our air conditioning, and they do a great job. Give them a call. You can visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, will be joining us up in the special session in Tallahassee. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. Byron Donalds, our United States representative, will be with us as well as uh, my wife, Linda, who writes Greetings from Paradise, very entertaining columns that she writes uh, here on the Paradise Coast. It is November the 16th, and on this day in 1776, Hessian Lieutenant General Wilhelm von Nipphausen and a force of 3,000 Hessian mercenaries and 5,000 redcoats lay siege to Fort Washington at the northern end and highest point of Manhattan Island. Throughout the morning, Nipphausen met stiff resistance from the Patriot riflemen inside the fort, but by afternoon, the Patriots were overwhelmed, and the garrison commander, Colonel Robert McGaw, he surrendered. Nearly 3,000 Patriots were taken prisoner, and valuable ammunition and supplies were lost to the Hessians. The prisoners faced a particularly grim fate. Many later died from deprivation and disease aboard ship, British ship, uh, prison ships anchored in New York Harbor. Among the 53 dead and 96 wounded Patriots were John and Margaret Corbin of Virginia, when John, John died in action, his wife Margaret took over his cannon, cleaning and loading and firing the gun until she too was severely wounded. The first woman known to have fought for the Continental Army, Margaret survived but lost the use of her left arm. Two weeks earlier, on one of McGaw's officers, William DeMont, had deserted the 5th Pennsylvania Battalion and given British intelligence agents information about the Patriot defense in New York, including details about the location and defense of Fort Washington. DeMont was the first traitor to the Patriot cause, and his treason contributed significantly to Niphausen's victory. A lot of that going on back in the day. Fort uh, Washington stood at the current location of Bennett Park at the Washington Heights neighborhood of New York City near George Washington Bridge at the corner of Fort Washington Avenue and 183rd Street. Fort Washington Park and uh, Fort Washington Point lay beneath the site along the Hudson River. That looked like it was pretty desperate times for the uh, Patriots at, at uh, losing Fort Washington. But, of course, they ended up winning the war and the revolution. Florida lawmakers today, or yesterday, began debating a package of bills to combat coronavirus vaccine mandates and continuing Republican Governor Ron DeSantis' fight against virus rules. The week-long special legislative session in the GOP-controlled State House includes proposals to let workers opt out of COVID-19 vaccine mandates and allow parents to sue schools with masking requirements. DeSantis has become one of the highest-profile Republican governors in the country through his vocal opposition to lockdowns and virus mandates, pitting himself against President Joe Biden as DeSantis runs for re-election in eyes of a potential 2024 presidential bid. I don't think that's really the case. I think he uh, will run in the future for president, but certainly not in 2024. The Republican measures would bar private businesses from having coronavirus vaccine mandates unless 
They allow exemptions for medical reasons, religious beliefs, proof of immunity based on a prior COVID-19 infection, regular testing, and agreement to wear protective gear. Employers who would be subject to fines up to up to $50,000 for firing a worker without offering the exemptions. Another provision bars COVID-19 vaccine mandates for public school and government workers in Florida. Republicans are also moving to allow parents to sue school districts with mask mandates. The governor's administration has previously docked the salaries of school board members who defied a state ban on mask requirements in classrooms and slashed overall funding to districts that received a federal grant to offset state penalties. School districts have since eased their masking rules. Democrats have denounced the special session as political theater meant to raise DeSantis' standing within the GOP. They just don't get it, do they? And understand the fact that our liberties are at stake and we're seeing our constitutional rights being taken away one by one because of this so-called pandemic. But anyhow, the DeSantis administration has previously sued the White House over a rule requiring vaccinations for federal contractors and recently joined more than two dozen other Republican-led states in lawsuits challenging another federal vaccine mandate for private businesses with 100 employees or more. We'll get an update from Kathleen Pasadoma here in just a few minutes and find out what's brewing in Tallahassee after the first day. After listening to several hours of closing arguments by the defense and prosecution on Monday, many of which uh, Linda and I watched, the jury will now assemble for deliberations at 9 a.m. this morning. Uh, You'll pay no heed to the opinions of anyone, even the President of the United States or the President before him, Judge Bruce Schroeder told the jurors. The founders of our country gave you and you alone the power and the duty to decide this case based solely on the evidence presented in court. Defense attorney Mark Richards said during his closing argument on Monday that Kai Rittenhouse acted only in self-defense and should be acquitted on all counts. Kyle Rittenhouse's behavior was protected under the law of the state of Wisconsin, the law of self-defense, Richard told the jury. Kyle Rittenhouse rose and moved because he was attacking Kyle. Every person who was shot while attacking Kyle, one with a skateboard, one with his hands, one with his feet, and one with a gun, hands and feet can be cause great bodily harm. Uh, said his attorney. Richards also took aim at lead prosecutor Thomas Binger, saying he made it his personal goal of putting my client's head on his wall as a trophy. The district attorney's office is marching forward with the case because they need somebody to be responsible. They need somebody to put forward and say, we did it. He's the person who brought terror to Kenosha. Kyle Rittenhouse is not that individual, Richards said. There are no winners in this case, but putting Kyle Rittenhouse down for something he was privileged to do will serve no legitimate purpose, said Richards. By the way, Mark McCloskey, the St. Louis lawyer who was arrested after appearing outside his home with a gun during social justice protests last year, said said outside the Kenosha courthouse on Monday that he thinks Kyle Rittenhouse should be acquitted of all charges. We're here to support Kyle and the basic premise of self-defense and our God-given Second Amendment rights, and we're hoping that these juries acquit our, uh, this jury acquits him on all counts, McCloskey said. Obviously, we've had similar, although no quite as dramatic experience in our own life, he continued. We feel that it's all politically motivated and that Kyle did but defend himself. Well said, Mr. Uh, McCloskey. But a defiant Stephen Bannon emerged from the D.C. federal courthouse yesterday afternoon, promising to deliver Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, and Nancy Pelosi the misdemeanor from hell following his indictment on two counts related to unconstitutional contempt 
of Congress and that charge. Bannon, of course, is 67, emerged several hours after his first appearance before D.C. court and used the specter of Hunter Biden's drive from hell to frame his opposition to the case against him. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be a misdemeanor from hell for Merrick Garland, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden, he said. Joe Biden ordered Merrick Garland to prosecute me from the White House lawn when he got off Marine One, Bannon alleged, alluding to the politically motivated prosecution that likes of which America has never seen. We're going to go on offense, he added. We're tired of playing defense. Speaking to reporters outside the courthouse, Bannon lawyer, his lawyer Douglas Schoen, described his long career as an American Civil Liberties Union and insisted this is unheard of to force a person to violate the invocation of executive privilege. I've represented the American Civil Liberties Union for more than 20 years. This is an issue that the American Civil Liberties Union should be on our side with, said Schoen, the attorney. Should be an interesting case. Uh, Steve Bannon is defined, actually, he was on War Room last night at 5 o'clock and continuing his show, showing no remorse whatsoever, but, but definitely a resolve to get on the offense on this issue. President Biden said the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which he signed into law on Monday, will help families struggling economically amid the highest surge in inflation in three decades. To finally, today we finally get this, getting this done, the president declared at the White House bill signing ceremony. Message to the American people is this, America is moving again and your life is going to change for the better. Don't you believe a word of that? <laughs> it's certainly not the case. But nevertheless, public opinion polls show indicate that the $1.2 trillion package, the largest investment in nation's crumbling roads and bridges in decades, is getting a thumbs up from the majority of Americans. But so far, the bill, which passed the Senate over a summer and the House earlier this month, is not helping boost Biden's flagging poll numbers or aiding congressional Democrats hoping to retain this razor-thin majority in the next year's uh, midterm elections. By the way, another slight to Kamala Harris. Uh, the announcer forgot to introduce her uh, yesterday during the signing ceremonies, which, by the way, the Rittenhouse trial overrode, uh, the, in, in terms of broadcasting, the signing of the infrastructure bill, which kind of amused me, actually. But nevertheless, the bill is now signed, and it becomes law. Uh, about 11% of the money is actually going towards hard infrastructure. The rest, it's pretty much uh, it's, uh, cronyism for uh, blue states, and for the most part. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Kathleen Pasadoma, our state senator. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music, 
and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected into the community and with each other. The Golden Gate Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Tatiana Fortune, director of the Golden Gate Senior Center. We want to be able to connect you to whatever service or activity. And even if the person doesn't want to come out for socialization, if they have a question about, um, hey, where do I go for transportation? Where do I go for uh, a certain health care? If they have a need, we are able to point them in that direction through our information and referral service. So we're more than happy to assist in that as well. To find out more, visit CallYourSeniorResources.org. That's CallYourSeniorResources.org or call the Senior Center directly at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. I hope you find out more by visiting the website and, and un downloading the app. Go to choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with our U.S. Congressman Byron Donalds. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadena. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I was just reminded that uh, you had such, played such an important role in opening the Golden Gate Senior Center, and you and your uh, father, and I just wanted to see if you had a, a nice comment for, about the wonderful work that they're doing for seniors. They're just amazing. Uh, you know, when you think about particular location, you know, we have so many seniors who live in the Golden Gate City area who are you know, elderly, obviously, many of them living alone, and um, the senior center gives them a place to be. It's like their clubhouse. Yeah. And, you know, when I visit there, I, I, there's so much activity, so much going on, and it's really it's like a family. And um, I couldn't be more um, uh, just proud of what they're accomplishing for our seniors in Collier County. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, it's available to all seniors in Collier County. And I hope uh, you'll visit the website and give them a call. So, Kathleen, the first day of the special session is now complete. We'd love to get your feedback on what's going on. Well, um, yeah, yesterday was uh, jam-packed. Uh, we started out with... Um, opening the special session, which is uh, largely ceremonial, and that is 
the governor had called for a special session, so the proclamation that he issued was read into the record, and um, the uh, presentation or recitation of the four bills that we'll be considering. So then we gaveled out. Immediately, the Judiciary Committee met and um, went uh, went over and considered four bills dealing with the vaccine mandates, and um, it was a very seamless process. A lot of good questions were asked, um, and uh, those four bills passed passed through uh, the Judiciary Committee. So we're taking them up in the Appropriations Committee today, this morning, and um, I expect they'll pass there with um, you know lots of good questions. And the the long and the short of it is. Um, you know, the four bills basically cover the first and the big bill is that um, that y- there will be no va- vaccine mandates in the state of Florida by any local government, any governmental entity, um, and, uh, you know, str- straight, straight up. Mm-hmm. With regard to private businesses, no vaccine mandates. However, they can offer alternatives, and that's the critical and important thing, and that, that meaning that they could... Uh, uh, they could require uh, personal protection, um, uh, uh, you know, the masks, et cetera, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or if someone has had COVID and could show that they have the antibodies, they could show that. And then, they, you know, so that's a, an option. Another option is a sincerely held religious belief, and um, which is in current law. So there are all kinds of options out there. So we don't feel like we are trampling on the rights of businesses. Uh, another one of the bills that uh, is important is maybe going down the path of Florida uh, breaking away from the OSHA, the federal OSHA requirement, which is allowed under federal law, and that would be Florida would create their own uh, OSHA program. Hmm. That's going to be a long process. That can't happen overnight. It takes a couple of years, but at least we can consider it, and, and that's something that we... Uh, may well do over the next uh, couple of months. Uh, one of the other uh, bills that's important is that there, uh, it, maybe about 15, 10, 15 years ago, passed an emergency bill that would allow, and that was after 9-11, the um, Surgeon General to require uh, vaccinations of people. And we uh, repealed that language because we, we certainly don't want any um, unelected individual doing anything like that. So yeah. those are the four bills, um, take it up today, and then tomorrow we'll hear them on the floor. In the meantime, uh, committees are starting to review the, uh, the maps, um, the Senate redistricting maps and the congressional redistricting maps, maps uh, proposed by Senate staff, and that's going on this week, too. So it's just really, really hectic. Uh, busy week, indeed. So uh, conspicuously absent for your report is any kind of resistance from the Democrats. Uh, are you seeing some? Well, they're asking, uh, you know, this is kind of political, obviously. They're asking good questions. I believe we're responding very well to them. Um, of course, they voted against the bills, but um, they, they passed because we have a, a majority. But, you know, the, they, I think, um, and I'm hearing from them privately, that they were pleased that the president and the speaker worked with the governor to come up with a common-sense approach. Mm. You know, if we're going to do this, then we have to do it right and not just um, uh, just a, a mandate without any options. And so I think that, you know, even though they voted against it, they were pleased that, that the efforts were made and, and the, 
the speaker and the president collaborated with the governor's office and came up with something that is not only defensible, but actually good policy. Yeah, that's great. So uh, it sounds like they're pleased with the process up to this point, and it could be grudgingly supportive. <laughs> which well, not grudgingly, quietly, <laughs> not publicly supportive. <laughs> gotcha. So with, reg- with regard to the redistricting, uh, anything to report? I mean, uh, will uh, we see new seats, or what's going to happen? The, well, there is one new congressional seat, and it is likely, uh, the way the, the proposed maps have come out, it's up in the Orlando area um, there. What is really amazing to me, and, and, and I'm very proud of the work of the Senate in that there is there has been uniform lack of criticism of the uh, redistricting maps that our uh, staff uh, created. Now, they're not the, the final maps, but I think they're pretty close. And it's, it's almost gr- another grudging, you know, the, the liberal media and the Democrats who would be hooting and hollering and carrying on and think gerrymander this or whatever are being very quiet. Uh, because the maps are good, and uh, you, if you look at them, the one, they are uh, there. They follow the Constitution, and um, they were well done. And so you can read. You don't read a whole lot of the typical media. They, they can't say anything good, uh-huh. so they say, "Well, it doesn't look like they're gerrymandered," you know that kind of thing. So uh, I feel proud of our work so far. Outstanding. Uh, any seats being eliminated, or, or is there anything, uh, for example, uh, will, will we see any Congress seats uh, or state uh, House seats uh, eliminated well, or changed? Not that eliminated. Yeah, sort of, kind of. I mean, we still have 120 House members and 40 Senate seats, and then, you know, our congressional, we have the additional one. Um, because the lines will move, and, and in fact, um, interestingly enough, the maps that were drawn the last go around that were basically drawn by the League of Women Voters, um, many of them undercounted a certain seats because they said they would be the growth areas, and and, and, and we had to write them because they weren't the growth areas. So uh, those are some of the things that will happen, and, and there are several senators that in, in the proposed maps are in, in um sitting in the same seat as another senator, sitting senator, and both Republicans and Democrats. So it wasn't like uh, that's the way the maps came out, because under our Constitution, under our law, we cannot draw maps based upon uh, taking into consideration where any elected member uh, lives. So they didn't do that. Mm. And consequence of that, some people who are living close together are drawn into the same uh, districts in several of the maps. So... Uh, that will have to be worked its way out, but we're not going to make a change because of where somebody lives. We can't, and we, you know, we won't. Perfect. Well, let the games begin. We don't have much time again to the 2022 election, but some of these seats, I guess, are maybe not uh, up for re-election in 22. So we'll everybody's s- up. Everybody has to be up for ah. re-election because the the district lines are drawn. So that's why it's going to be a very a difficult year. I mean, I <laughs> my my charge as president designate is is. <coughs> in charge of Senate campaign, so it's um, going to be a, a very hectic and stressful uh, summer. <laughs> Again, Kathleen Pasadena, our state senator, so grateful that you're taking time uh, with us this morning in our audience. We really appreciate it, Kathleen. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen, find out what's new with Boo, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit GulfShorePlayhouse.org. That's GulfShorePlayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by Golf Shore Playhouse, not only building a beautiful performing arts center in downtown Naples, but bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Byron Donalds, our United States congressman. Right now, we have with us Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo, welcome to the show. Well, good morning, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'll tell you, stuff just, it just get, continues to get weirder and stranger, weirder. I'll give you an example is that this uh, global supply chain crisis is, it, it's really catastrophic. I mean, and it's, it's affected everybody in the world, and yet our uh, head of our transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, or how you pronounce it, Buttigieg, <laughs> Buttigieg, he's off taking paternity leave. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, he's uh, got two little infants he's brought uh, into his family, and so he and his husband are uh, learning how to take care of kids and uh, all that while... Yeah, it's kind of like fiddling while Rome is burning, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So just to give you an idea of what this crisis has done, plus just the general retail markups, I'm going to give you a list of stuff and what the markup is. It's, some of it is just jaw-dropping. Yeah. The first one is bottled water. 
Do you know Americans spent $16 billion in bottled water? Yeah. And 40% of the bottled water that we buy, it's not spring water, it's filtered tap water. <laughs> is that, no kidding. Uh. No, 40% of it is. So when you see the little springs uh, um, on the photo of the uh, label, yeah, it's probably coming out of someone's tap. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's atrocious. You know, you can. Uh, there's a sucker born every moment. Yeah, absolutely, I might be one of them. <laughs> well, ditto. Yeah, uh, wine. When you go to a restaurant, wine is marked up average three hundred percent. Yeah, no. Three hundred. I had no idea it was marked up that much. So the solution to that is bring your own and pay a corkage fee. Yeah. If they let you do that. Organic food, there, that's in your bailiwick. Yeah. Uh, that's only marked up 50%, and a lot of it has to do with additional processing and that sort of thing. Well, let me let me just insert here that uh, we, Linda got some stuff at uh, one of the supermarkets that was marked as, uh, uh, what's the word I'm Organic. Thinking? Organic. It was marked as organic. It turned out they came from China. <laughs> China. What are the chances you think that stuff is organic? So I, you know, I sometimes question what the heck is organic and what is not. I know. I think it's a gray area. Yeah, it sure. I is. think you have to be very cautious about uh, about all of that. Uh, clothing, jeans in particular, uh, the markup is three hundred and fifty percent. Wow. So when they say fifty percent off of clothing, they're still getting a three hundred percent markup. Yeah. Yeah, no. What a scam that is. Yeah. Hey, the fun isn't done yet. Eyeglasses. You buy a pair of designer eyeglasses, sunglasses, the markup is 1,000%. No, it doesn't surprise me. Because, you know, you nope. get a little piece of plastic with some holes in it, and it ends up costing you 500 bucks or more for, for eyeglasses. That's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's probably going into Michael Kors' retirement fund. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, movie popcorn. You know, when we all go back, where everybody loves to go to a movie and get a bag of popcorn. Mm. You know what the markup on that is? No idea. 1,300%. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But that, does that include labor? I mean, and all that butter they've got. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it does. I think it does. Now, this is the one that I, I mean, we all know this, but it's still really surprising. Drugs. When you consider the cost of active ingredients, mm -hmm. the active ingredients in like an Advil or even a, not a generic, or an active ingredient in almost any pill, the markup is 600,000%. Yeah. Of course, the uh, the process of uh, running it through the FDA and all that type of thing is kind of built into that. I'm sure that number is included. You're just talking about the ingredients, so yeah. But there's some other costs involved in getting drugs to market, and uh, we're kind of okay. So let's drop it down to three hundred thousand percent. <laughs> yeah, it's still pretty staggering. So yeah. what they say is always, always buy generic. Yeah. If you can. It's, the FDA says it has to have the same ingredients. And you don't have the big marketing. I mean, you watch TV and how many ads are for pills 
it's kind of amazing. Yeah, well, just think about the influence that the big pharma has on, on what's happening. I mean, they certainly, uh, they, they uh, advertise on these various networks. Of course, that tends to appease the networks, and they want to give them broad swath of uh, freedom because of their advertising revenue they're creating. And also, you take a look at what's going on in Congress. Uh, people who are voting for their bills, don't you think that they're seeing that, uh, by the way, Mr. Congressman, we'd like, on behalf of uh, your constituents here, we want to make sure that you get some money for your uh, for your uh, rerunning for uh, for office. So there's a, right. there's a lot of that going on right now. Big Pharma, I think, is really into it deeply. And it just, you know, by the way, it makes me wonder, what is Fauci and what are some of these other folks getting uh, for exactly. supporting... Uh, this uh, big pharma and Pfizer and uh, these jabs and everything like that. And yesterday, by the way, Fauci said yesterday, you know what, these vaccines, they haven't worked so well. But, uh, you know, if you get a jab, if you get a booster, we're not going to call them boosters anymore. If you get a booster, you know, more of the same is actually going to be good. <laughs> it's, it's just uh, you can't make this stuff up. Oh, no. And now he says there's going to be another round of, oh, my God, I can't. I'm so sick of hearing about COVID that it's, I think the country has COVID fatigue. Oh, for sure. Well, and you just think we about have Biden it. Biden fatigue. You know, we have Kamala Harris fatigue. Absolutely. Cackle. My goodness. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that our, our, our rights our, uh, the Bill of Rights, so you take a look at the rights that we have as Americans, uh, they've pretty much been eliminated by this whole process, and we need to get them back. We need to stand up for our liberties. I appreciate the fact that that's what Governor DeSantis is doing. He's trying to keep our liberties, keep us free here in Florida. Right. God bless him. I mean, I, he's a rock star in my mind. He is indeed. Boo Mortensen again. It, well, that, that was... Uh, kind of an alarming set of uh, circumstances and not only is the, are these markups huge but also we're seeing the prices go up because of inflation and uh, supply chain issues so uh, things are pretty stark well, all of this all these markups are going to climb absolutely i really yeah. appreciate your commentary here in the show boo thank you so much for joining us my pleasure and you have a great week boo thank you all right, coming up, Byron Donalds our US representative that and more right here in the Bob Harden show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees. I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months, finally having exhausted all alternatives for pain management. Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too.
School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.optimaed.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. Uh, she writes greetings from paradise. She's my wife. Right now we have with us Byron Donalds, our United States representative. Byron, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, it's great to be back with you. Thank you so much. And uh, I must say, saw you on Greg Kelly last night, saw you on Mark Levin's show this weekend. Uh, you are certainly making your presence felt uh, on the media. Do you enjoy that, by the way? And honestly, Bob, I do. I think like um, it's one of the reasons I decided to even run. Yeah, is that you know it, the legislating part? I mean, it's you got to do your job. You have to vote. You try to craft not only budgets but also legislation on behalf of of you know the people of Southwest Florida. Um, that's the job that you that you're elected to do. The second part, I think, is really about just messaging and taking, you know, the value systems, the ideas of conservatism, and pushing that, pushing those ideas forward. And I think that, you know, that's the other part of the job that you know I ran to do, yeah. um, to make sure that you know we had an effective voice in a conservative movement um, that could go virtually anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I do enjoy that part. Well, I'm hoping that uh, you certainly have influence with the public through the media, but also I'm hoping that you could have some influence with some of your peers because there's a lot of nonsense going on up there, just passing the $1.2 trillion so-called infrastructure bill and now looking at this quote-unquote build back better uh, plan that uh, Biden is proposing. Any thoughts? Well, first of all, this amount of money that where they're trying to spend is outrageous, Bob. We simply don't need that much money flowing through our economy. Washington is vastly overspending anyway, yeah. um, so we don't need to be putting new money out there, but that's what Joe Biden wants to do. That's what the Democrats want to do, and unfortunately, that's what 13 Republicans want wanted to do with respect to so-called infrastructure. The second part about that bill is really only about $200 billion actually goes to infrastructure, mm -hmm. the things that we think of when we think of infrastructure, roads, bridges, ports, uh, uh, airports, so on and so forth, uh, waterways. The rest of this stuff is start, is like now down payments on the Green New Deal. Mm -hmm. That's what the other part of this is. And then and then the third part of it are tax increases to quote unquote pay for the infrastructure. And so and then there's also like some cuts to, to Medicare that are in this bill, which yeah. nobody talks about. They're actually cut in the doctor doctor reimbursement rates. So nobody talks about this. 
And that's why it was so maddening, so frustrating to see 13 Republicans pass this bill, because the second part is, is that th that infrastructure bill has always been linked, always been tied to the social spending bill, Build Back Better, Build Back Broke, whatever you want to call the thing, um, the triple B, you know, it's always been tied to that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there are Republican colleagues of mine who were like, oh, well, I voted for infrastructure, and that basically kills the other bill. But Nancy Pelosi literally said yesterday to all the members, uh, well, she said it to the members of her conference because she doesn't really talk to the Republicans. She said, we are going to stay in Washington until the votes materialize to pass Build Back Better. She so did. she's just going to keep us here until she has the votes that she needs. My colleagues that voted for infrastructure bill thinking that it was going to end, I'm like, no, it didn't. All you did was open up the door for the larger bill, which is going to be a fundamental reshaping of our economy. If all the programs are permanent, the cost is roughly $5 trillion over a decade. Um, and it's going to lead to more economic challenges for our country, not less. Yeah. And provide uh, basically things that aren't necessarily needed at all. Where I think the, the uh, private sector is a lot better at providing some of the services they're purporting to uh, support. And uh, it's, uh, it's just getting people really uh, uh, dependent on welfare is what it amounts to, in my opinion. No, that's exactly right. That's what it will do. And especially, Bob, understand, we're in a situation in our economy that if the federal government is not giving out $300 per child continuously for like another year, yeah. that's how, what it does to people is it makes them make a decision. Uh, when I was, you know, just, you know, I was coming up in the, you know, I was younger, coming up, trying to figure out how to make ends meet. If I was working an hourly job, but the federal government's giving me $300 a month for every child that I have, I have a legitimate conversation with my family. Do I work the additional four to five hours or do I just stay at home? Yeah. Why do I work the additional six hours? Because I have to put my kids in daycare. Forget that. I'll just go pick them up from school and I'll go home because the government's dropping another $600 in our checking account. If you do that, have that simple conversation throughout an entire economy, yeah. think about all of the man hours that will be lost in all the companies across our country. When these business owners try to put their product out on the street, they're not going to have enough manpower in order to produce it. And then, but this at the same time, people will still have enough money to go and buy it. That directly leads to inflation. That's what our problem is now. Mm -hmm. It certainly is. And, you know, by the way, uh, we're seeing that the workforce is shrinking. I wonder how much of that has to do with the mask mandates, with the vaccine mandates. And I think some people are basically saying this is infringing on my personal rights. I just choose not to work right now. It, it's uh, really hurting the economy. It absolutely does. I think especially when you, when you remember the fact that people have largely been saving this entire time through COVID. There was really, no, there was really nowhere to go mm -hmm. and spend your money. A lot of Americans, the vast majority of Americans, they got $2,000 from the federal government at the beginning of this year. They were getting extended federal unemployment benefits. Now they're getting child tax credit. And then you go and say, oh, well, if you don't, if you don't vaccinate, we're gonna, you have to be fired. So, or you can't keep your job. So people are like, well, I don't want to be vaccinated. I got the money to sustain myself. So you know what? I'm just going to go home. Yeah. But that cripples an economy. Our labor participation rate, which is something I watch all the time. I, my days when I was a, a financial advisor, Bob, I always watch labor participation rate, try to get an idea of where the economy is. Right now, it's around 60%. Mm. That's too low. We don't have enough people actually being in a productive sector of the economy. Yeah. We should be around 64, 65%. That's where our, our economy is healthy and growing and thriving. Yeah. At 60%, 
you don't have enough people just moving product from point A to point B. All right, we've got uh, what I think it is uh, 10 million available jobs that are not fulfilled. And uh, just proof positive, quite frankly, that, that uh, people just don't want to work right now under the circumstances. So, Byron, what are the chances that uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi wants to keep everybody in town until they pass the Build Back Better bill, uh, which is, in my opinion, just a total waste? Uh, what are the chances this, they're gonna, she's going to pull this off? Uh, they're actually very, very good now. I, Bob, I'll tell you, um, it was a week ago Friday before she before they put the infrastructure bill on the floor for a vote. They didn't have the votes. I did not. I don't think the votes were there. Uh-huh. So when you had 13 Republicans cross the line and get them the votes, so let's be very clear. If those 13 Republicans have voted no, that infrastructure bill is dead. Yep. It does not pass, which means the Build Back Better bill never gets a chance. Um, now, I think that, yeah, she has a very good chance of passing that bill. And so for people to say, oh, but Mansion and Cinema don't like the bill, here's the game. Here's what's going to happen. And she's already teeing up her members on this. They'll pass something out of the House. It'll go to the Senate. The Senate will, will, will basically rework the bill with Mansion and Cinema. Because all they're talking about is there's certain things they don't like, or they don't like the total amount of spending. That doesn't mean they're not going to start some of these programs, Bob. So they're going to do that. They're going to pass something out of the Senate on budget reconciliation lines. Kamala Harris is going to come down and break a tie. That's like the only thing she does these days. And then it's going to come back to the House. And then Nancy Pelosi is going to pass the revised version out of the House. Hmm. That's what's going to happen. And that's why I go back to the people who voted for infrastructure thinking that they took the leverage away from Nancy Pelosi. No, you did it. You gave her all the leverage she needs to get the second bill done. Unbelievable. Is there a chance that we'll see some mutinies again uh, from the Republican Party that will support this thing? Not not on this bill. I I don't think that's going to happen on this bill. But this bill passes in a very different manner than the other one. This is a budget reconciliation bill. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to get 60 votes in the Senate. It only needs 50. Yeah, That's all it needs because Kamala Harris breaks ties. Yeah. So I think that what you're going to see is the Democrat conference is going to stick together. They're going to run around talking about, oh, we finally did it. We did something. We got our agenda passed. The American people are going to find out what's in the bill. They're not going to like it. Joe Biden's poll numbers are going to continue to decrease. But the, but the Marxist left would have got their ideas implemented which means that Republicans are going to have the courage to get rid of them. Hmm. Unbelievable. Byron Donalds, again, our United States Representative. Byron, I just really appreciate your voice in Washington, on Capitol Hill, as well as in the media. Just genuinely appreciate you taking time with us this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Anytime, Bob. It's always good to be with you. Thank you so much, Byron. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She writes greetings from paradise. She's also my lovely wife. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year. And since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. 
For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. It's the 17th annual Capital Wealth Advisors Turkey Drop. On November 15th, Capital Wealth Advisors joined St. Matthew's House, corporate partners, and 100 volunteers to assemble more than 2,500 Hope for the Holidays meal boxes for those in need. Meal boxes will include a turkey, side, pumpkin pie, and eggs. St. Matthew's House will distribute the meals to low-income families, those with disabilities, senior citizens, and veterans. The public is invited to help by donating frozen turkeys and canned goods starting on November 9th. Deliver donations to St. Matthew's House donation drop-off at 2601 Airport Road South, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. Cash donations are also welcome. For more than 30 years, St. Matthew's House has been providing food, shelter, and life-transforming programs to those struggling with poverty, food insecurity, homelessness, and addiction. Visit stmatthewshouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, Creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. She's not only my lovely wife, but she also writes Greetings from Paradise, very popular newsletter that's sent out periodically when she feels like it. Or when there's news, or when which there's... there hasn't been, I mean, locally. Well, that's, that's kind of because of the pandemic, isn't it? Well, yes. Well, yes. Yeah. So I know you've been following this uh, Rittenhouse trial pretty carefully. I've been following it pretty carefully, too. Very fascinating with the developments in this thing. I want to get your comments and thoughts. Well, the, the, the media and everybody else wants this poor kid to be sent off to jail forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just watching on the news today that, that um, NBC and ABC didn't even show the the argument by the defense attorney, Kyle Rittenhouse's defense attorney yesterday, they only showed the prosecution, which is like, how can they do that? Yeah. Well, how do they get away with it? I mean, thank goodness Fox um, brought it up. But I mean, they think, I'm telling you, the, the media out there thinks that the United States, that citizens of the United States are stupid. Well, it's just unfortunate. They uh, tend to be carrying the banner for uh, the uh, Democrats, unfortunately, and uh, so they, we get a one-sided picture of what's going on in the country. You know, I talk to friends who are liberal-leaning, and they I know, I can always tell when they watch CNN or CNBC or some of these or other networks. Or read the New York Times or the Washington Post, uh, yeah, by the way. Yeah, they're just so misinformed about what's going on. And, uh, and, and The problem is, it's not only the notion of uh, putting false information in, that's less uh, prevalent than just totally obfuscating or ignoring the full truth. In other words, they don't talk about what's the quote-unquote negative side of their story. Doesn't it, doesn't, isn't it so annoying, at least it is to me, that people are so 
un, they don't want to know. They yeah. want they don't want to look into to both sides of the story. They just say, just with, like with this pandemic, all they want to do is believe what the government and the and the media tells them, and then just live in fear and not try to search out what's really going on. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, uh, it uh, goes to trial to jury this morning at nine. I can only hope that he is acquitted. He should be acquitted. All the evidence demonstrates he should be acquitted. Quite frankly, I think the prosecution made the case for his being acquitted. Well, uh, the prosecution did such a horrible job. Yeah. And and, but you know what? I feel sorry for the jury because they've been threatened. Well, of course, they've. You've got people who want to demonstrate and uh, riot and so forth in Kenosha. They want to burn it down again. Port City is not going to be rebuilt again ever, quite frankly. But irrespect, let's move to uh, Steve Bannon. I was so oh proud of him. Oh, he was uh, yesterday out in front of the courthouse after c- coming out from. So wait, I'm, I'm out in my walk yesterday, and you know I always turn on to um, to the war room at ten o'clock on my on my iPhone when I'm out walking. Yep. And I'm thinking. So the news was that Steve Bannon was going to turn himself in yesterday, and good for. Good for Real Americans' voice. They had cameras on him. All these uh, SUVs pulled up in front of the FBI um, headquarters, and Bannon's gets out of one of these big black SUVs, and Real Americans' voice broadcasts Steve Bannon going in to um, to appear, you know, to answer the call for his indictment, and he's out there saying, "I'm doing this for you. This is all about freedom of speech." Yeah. This is the worst mistake that Nancy Pelosi has ever made. This is the misdemeanor from hell, (laughs) he said. It was so great. It was great. And uh, Bannon, not only did he do that after he emerged after a couple hours of uh, being in the courtroom. But back back up just a second. For a misdemeanor, they put him in handcuffs inside the FBI building. Fortunately, the judge decided to let him uh, go without bail, posting bail. But uh, makes me. I am a little worried about what's going to happen as a consequence of this. Hopefully, the judge will take a look at the total scenario and see the fact that Eric Holder and others that have been uh, had demonstrated contempt for Congress are, uh, and he was never even uh, approached. That it's it's a political it's political it's theater. It's, it's a witch hunt, and it also demonstrates, I think, a dual system of justice. Well, it, it, you know what? The dual just system of justice is showing itself every single day with this regime, as Steve calls it. But it was so great because, I, I, you know, I watched the whole thing yeah. all day from beginning to end to see. And, and Steve had cameras rolling when he came out with his attorney. And he, by the way, he said yesterday he has a team of attorneys, not only uh, one of which is, is Trump's impeachment attorney, but he's got a, he's got a whole choir of folks that yeah. are fighting him. And you know who I... If I were them, I would be really nervous. Nancy Pelosi, this Benny Johnson, Adam Kissinger, Liz Cheney, all these people that have just tried to mount this January 6th case, which is, it is total, to your point, theater. Yeah. That they're trying to shove these. And, and, and you know why they're going after Steve Bannon, don't you? It's because he's got such a huge voice and a huge following. The only reason that they're going after him and not the, all the other people that they subpoenaed is because of the war room. Yeah, he has a huge following. I think he's now over a million downloads on his podcast, which is unbelievable. It's, it's uh, broadcast in uh, China. It's Wait. broadcast all over the world. It's over a hundred million. Over a hundred million. Downloads. Pardon me. And uh, it's he does just a great job. 
But I know, I absolutely know that Nancy Pelosi and these other Democrats just hate the fact that his voice is being heard, not only heard, but people are paying attention to it. Well, the posse is huge. I mean, the, the war room posse is huge. And, and not only does he have over 100 million downloads, but he has millions listening live on all the different sites, Rumble, uh, Real America's Voice, um, the warroom.org website. He doesn't have to go through the mainstream media to get, to get the message out. And people love that. Yeah. They absolutely love that. So then, after this whole day of him being in court and whatever, and doing two pressers before it and going in, then he shows up to do his show at 5 o'clock. That was just amazing. What a, what a warrior he is. Yeah, you would think, well, most people, I think, would be very intimidated by the fact that uh, being in uh, contempt for Congress and all that, he demonstrated total resolve that, hey, they're messing with the wrong guy right now. <laughs> and can you imagine the subpoenas that are going to go out for the for the uh, information that Nancy Pelosi has and this Benny Johnson and, and Liz Cheney and all these folks? Um you know what? I wouldn't want the war room and Steve Bannon on no, after no, me, no, that's for sure. No, I certainly wouldn't either. I'm sure that he's going to get deposed. Or he's going to look for information from these people as well. He's going to ask for... Uh, discovery. Discovery, yes, oh, indeed. Fasten your seatbelts for this one. Yeah, so uh, some good news emerging on the media front against uh, Steve Bannon and the war room. Linda Harden, always appreciate uh, your commentary here on the show. That went fast. That certainly did. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. I uh, always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. bobharden at hotmail.com. Join us tomorrow. We're going to visit with Bob Levy. He's the chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa. By the way, we'll be talking about discrimination and the right to discriminate with Bob. Andy Joppa, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. He talks about everything being downstream uh, politics and everything else downstream from culture. And that's our focus tomorrow. We'll also visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of several books. His latest is uh, What Makes Humans ex uh, Truly Exceptional. He's also co-written a book uh, with uh, Buzz Aldrin that will be coming out shortly. We'll look forward to that as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.